0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 128 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Jess Berry. Jess lives in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, where she's the vice president of a small business. Welcome, Jess. Hey. It's good to be with you here today, and this podcast will be airing on New Year's Eve, so Happy New Year, to be to you and to all the listeners who probably are a lot of people probably will be listening in the new year. So happy new year.
1: Yes, happy new year. And I think everybody will be happy to put 2020 behind them.
0: <laughs> I think you're right. It feels weird to be saying that now because I'm sitting here and I'm in Myrtle Beach. So if anybody, if the sound is weird or if something strange happens, I'm recording <laughs> Oceanfront today instead of at my normal podcast studio. So the sound might be different. But also, we're having a seasonably unseasonably warm end of October and I actually waded in the ocean today.
1: I'm in sleeveless. My son me too. Was jumping off piers at the lake up in Clemson earlier this week. He called me and he's like the water's seventy
0: seven degrees. So yeah, it's definitely warm. Well this is my first October at the beach since we've had our beach condo here. And you know, when we come in April, it's actually colder in April than it is you know the water temperatures takes a while to go down so I'm just really enjoying it so that's
1: great I'm a beach girl myself me
0: too you grew up at the beach she said Mm -hmm. and before the show you were telling me about that so I'm very envious of people who grew up at the beach
1: it was a great lifestyle and I got to let my kids do most of their younger growing up years right at the beach too so it's pretty idyllic that's wonderful. Well, I'm going to retire a lot by the beach. So that's, yeah. I told my <laughs> that's husband, what I'm doing. I said, I'll move to Mount Pleasant. I'm just about 10, 12 minute drive from the beach now. But I said, I'll move off the island now. But you've got to get me back out there when we retire. There you go. So he there promised. You go. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's great to talk to you today. And you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting? And when was that? So
1: I discovered intermittent fasting actually through Delay Don't Deny, the Facebook group, probably, I think it was like February or early March of 2018. So I had been, I had done all kinds of dieting. I have been on and off of all different kinds of medication, which is the big bulk of my story. And um, steroids was one of the the things that really piled on the pounds. And so I've tried all different kinds of things, low carb. I've done, you know, those places where you go and they give you diet pills and you do shakes and you eat three ounces of meat. And, you know, I've done, I mean, low fat, counted calories, all different kinds of things. And then I heard about delay don't deny from a friend on Facebook and I can't even remember who that friend is but they were talking about how you could basically eat what you wanted you just ate in a shorter window of time and I have thought back to times in my life where I have been at ideal weights which you know I have been other than when I've been sort of on these medications most of the time I was able to keep my weight within probably about 25 or 30 pounds of ideal. So, you know, still a little bit overweight at times, but most of the time I was at my ideal weight. And usually it was when I was really busy and I didn't have time to eat in the day. And I would just go home and have like a huge dinner and then go to
0: bed. So you're a natural intermittent faster. That just felt natural. I'm not
1: hungry in the morning. I really don't get hungry until the early part of the afternoon. That's just my normal, I mean, even ever since I was a kid, it was a fight with my parents for me to eat breakfast. And, you know, I would sit and kind of nibble at lunch at school, but I would get home and either have a big snack and a big dinner, or I wouldn't even eat till dinner. And, um, you know, the last time that I was at an ideal weight was probably about seven or eight years ago. And I had done the intermittent fasting without realizing what I was doing, because I was just really busy. We had some kind of difficulties that like with my marriage and things were kind of not going great. And so I was distracted, kind of trying to keep myself busy and just wouldn't eat until I got hungry late in the evening. And then at that, you know, what always would happen is I would be happy and I'd be comfortable. And then I'd be like, Oh, this is just so unhealthy. I need to be eating. I need to be, you know, doing all this. And so
0: isn't I that ironic eating. though? Yeah. I'm um, yeah. sorry to interrupt you there, but no, you're fine. it's just kind of, kind of ironic that we're taught to eat throughout the day as the healthier option. And know. so you, you felt great, you were at your ideal weight, and you talked yourself out of doing it because you thought it was wrong.
1: I know. I mean, and even the time before that, you know, I had gotten down actually probably as thin as I have been as an adult uh, in my late 20s, and it was the same thing. I was really busy, and I was, you know, I had two toddlers and I was running around. And so I would just eat at dinner time when my husband got home. And, and then I, you know, same thing. Oh, everybody would say, Oh, you need to eat more. That's just not healthy. You're going to, you know, mess up your metabolism. This, that, and the other thing. And so I would go back to eating three meals a day. And forcing myself to have breakfast, even if it was later in the morning, because I just would be almost like sick in the stomach if I tried to eat breakfast in the morning, but, and then I would pile weight back on. So it just, when I found out that, you know, there was science behind why it was an ideal way to live my life, it was just natural for me. I was like oh, somebody says that I can eat the way that I want to eat, and it's okay. And I'm not going to like die or mess up my metabolism or whatever. So sure, let's go for it. You know,
0: that's great. You know, I was just listening to a podcast. And I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. But I was listening to Dr. Mark Mattson. Mm-hmm. who's from Johns Hopkins. And he does a lot of research into brain health and intermittent fasting. He wrote the the article that was in the New England Journal of Medicine in December. And, you know, he lives this way himself. He yeah. he does intermittent fasting. And so for the people who do the research to be living this way, that says a lot.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, my, it's kind of funny because my current, I, I'm followed by an endocrinologist because I have Hashimoto's and I had a total thyroidectomy when I was 18. And then my I had switched to a new primary care physician because mine moved. Um, I switched to her like in mid-spring. And both of them have been like very supportive of the fasting, which, yeah, it's great to have people in the medical community. You know, my endocrinologist, because I have a, a problem absorbing my synthetic thyroid hormone. I have to be on like this whopping dose. And he said that the, having, you know, a full eight, at least eight hours before and eight hours after I take my medication to let it absorb is actually really good for my body. And it has shown in my blood Number level numbers, and then my PCP actually recommended some reading for me and was telling me, you know, that she thought it was a really healthy way with me with my autoimmune issues because I, I have rheumatoid arthritis and the Hashimoto's is autoimmune, obviously, for the inflammatory levels and things. That was like a really healthy way for me to eat. So
0: that's good. it's been good, yeah. It's really wonderful when when doctors are on board and they understand and they support it and they're like, this is how it's working for you. That's great. There's really nothing better.
1: Yeah, it really is. And, you know, so I've been encouraged by that. Now, you know, my story has resonated with a lot of people, I think, on the Facebook groups because it has taken me a long time to really for my body to really start to release the weight And, you know, I would get frustrated at first, just like you see all the new people. I've been doing this for six weeks. I haven't lost a pound or I've gained three pounds or whatever. But I just, you know, and sometimes I would actually go off of it during that time. I mean, not for long. It's this is the only time that I've ever been sort of like on a eating plan or way of life where I would go off of it. And then instead of trying to find something else, I would go back on and say, no, this is how I like to eat, you know.
0: And it just I, feels better, right? Yeah. You know, even even though your weight loss has not been quick, it hasn't been what you expected or hoped for. You just feel so much better, and so you know it's the right thing. Yes,
1: it's been great because. My inflammation, I mean, I'm off of any kind of medication for my RA. I'm in clinical remission, which is huge. You know, my sleep is better. I have more energy. I have ADHD. It really helps with the mental clarity and the other things, you know, and brain fog's a big thing. I also have fibromyalgia. Brain fog is a big thing with fibromyalgia. When I stay on this way of eating, I notice that I don't have, I don't lose words. I don't have sort of the fuzzy thinking and, you know, working uh, as I do at a high level, I'm in charge of, you know, millions of dollars worth of a budget every, you know, day. And so I have to be detail oriented at work, you know, the buck stops with me. So that's very important.
0: Well, that that's true. And all of those. that's, that's a huge list of, of benefits. Yeah.
1: Plus my skin looks better. I mean, and I was getting smaller, even though everyone would say, have you lost weight? I said, no, you know, I kind of initially dropped about 13 pounds and then I kept going up and down five pounds, the same five pounds over and over. But I was still on and off steroids that whole time. And pain medication, which can make you kind of, it gives, takes away that inhibition sometimes if you take it, like mostly I take it at night if I'm, I've had a long day and I'm in pain and then it's like, oh, I can eat whatever I want because, you know, you don't care as much because, you know. It's just like alcohol, it lowers your inhibition. So back in, I guess it was like late May, I went off of the steroids for good and I really only reserve taking pain medication if it's like, not that I was taking it a lot before, but I try really not to take it unless I absolutely have to, because I did notice that it was making me kind of munch at night and crave sweet stuff. And all of a sudden, it took like a month. With the steroids, I thought, oh, I'm going to lose all this weight so fast. And for a month, it was the same. And then all of a sudden, from about the last week of June, like the very end of June to like the first week of August, I dropped
0: 27 pounds. Wow. Yeah. See, this is such a great illustration of things that are out of our control. You know, we love intermittent fasting, and it is such a good tool to have in our toolbox But it's not the only thing that could be going on. You know, intermittent fasting does certain things in our body, but it does not do everything. You know, if you're taking medication like steroids and your body is healing and I mean, gosh, so many pieces of the puzzle.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think back, you know, I mean, I gained 80 pounds on the steroids and I think back, I, you know, who knows if I would have gained how much more I would have gained, you know, I try to look at that as a victory that I wasn't, you know, even, even more, you know, heavier than I was, Not more heavier, just heavier <laughs> than I was and that I was actually losing. And you know, I've got thyroid issues too. So it's not just the steroids, you know, I've got the other things. Um, and now I found out, um, I just had, I had a hysterectomy four weeks ago yesterday and I found out in the hospital, they actually diagnosed me with type two diabetes, but my primary care doctor pulled it back to pre-diabetic because she said everyone's body can freak out with blood sugar after surgery. But she does think that I've had sort of some high blood sugar issues for at least the last, the previous three months, so I'm I'm very insulin resistant too. Right?
0: Have you had your fasting insulin levels tested at all? I have not. I need to I do that. If yeah. your doctor would do that, that would be very interesting. That's a good point. Ask, her ask if they her. would, and see. Yeah. And then if if they were high, that would give you one more piece of the puzzle to work on.
1: Yeah. So, and I noticed it's kind of funny because I noticed that my fasting glucose levels it's a lot higher right now than when I actually, two hours after I actually eat my meal, which is, you know, so something's, you know, I know there's this dawn phenomenon and, and, you know, the whole thing about the glycogen release from the liver during fasting and stuff. So I'm trying to do some more research to try to figure out what's going on with that. But, I had dabbled after my hysterectomy I'm jumping around like crazy but I had dabbled in doing so I was still I, for the first couple of weeks after my hysterectomy, I wasn't really fasting because I was on all kinds of medication and I you know I still you have that old mindset that's really hard I mean I'm 42 to get out of even though I know fasting's healthy I'm like, oh, I need to eat because my body needs to heal. I mean it makes no sense, you know but in my mind it did And so for about, a week or 10 days, I was eating, you know, more often. And then I start, I got a glucometer and started testing my glucose levels. And so I decided, oh, I'm going to do like regular 16 or 18 hour fast and eat low carb. And my glucose levels just really weren't responding that much to that. So I just decided to go back to my normal fasting, which is anywhere between 20 and 22 hours. I do anywhere from like a two to four hour window. And even if I eat sugar like dessert, or if I have a Coke, my fasting or my um, after eating glucose levels are lower than when I was trying to do low carb and do shorter fasts.
0: So that's so interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. So my body (laughs)
1: loves fasting and it doesn't really matter what I eat in that window. So I mean, obviously, I'm not piling on the sugar, but right. you know, I don't have to be as restrictive of what I eat if I have shorter eating windows. And I'm—that's where my comfort zone lies. I'm not hungry until dinner, and I eat dinner. You know, I'll eat maybe a snack while I'm cooking dinner. I'll have dinner, and then I'll do like a little dessert or some yogurt and fruit or something to close it out. And I'm satisfied. I'm not hungry. I mean, that's just where my body is happy. So.
0: Well, that's good. Feeling good is a really good sign. Yeah. I'm curious what would work to get that blood glucose down because you've been fasting now since when? You started uh, in March 2018?
1: 2018, yeah, yeah. But the steroids can... Okay. They mess up. They can The cause...
0: glucose metabolism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, I forgot about the steroid piece for a minute there.
1: That's got to be. And then also my um, endocrinologist said that just, you know, up until about... The, well, this year in August, when I had my levels checked, they were always, my TSH was always high, meaning that my thyroid was undercorrected, my thyroid hormone levels. And so that will cause high cholesterol and it will cause uh, blood sugar issues too. So And so
0: you stopped taking the steroids
1: how long ago? In the, At the end of May.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. But in August, my... My thyroid levels are actually overcorrected for the first time. I just don't I don't even remember. I mean, I was actually hospitalized five years ago almost in a myxedema or however you say that coma where like it's life threatening, where your thyroid levels are so low, your T3 and T4 are so low that your body almost can't sustain life. And so I ended up, my husband, I was stumbling around and not making sense. I didn't know what day it was. I, you know, I couldn't keep my eyes open. And he brought me to the emergency room. So he's like, what's going on? And my TSH was in like, I don't even remember. It was in the over in the hundreds. They had not seen one that high in a long time. And they said, we're, we're surprised she's not actually in a coma and so they and it, it just it turned out that my body just I was taking my medication. It just wasn't absorbing it anymore.
0: Yeah, that's so key. It, you know, it, it's what your body does with what Yes. you have. I mean, that goes with everything. Right. You know, we're so used to, you know, just even the simple calories in calories out. Yeah. It's not calories in. It's not thyroid medication in. It's what's your body doing with it because you were putting the right amount in. Yeah, exactly. your body was just not, not absorbing it, not using it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like you said, I mean, you know, we're starting to learn so much more of the science of the calories in calories out and how, you know, that's just wrong, because your body doesn't know a calorie, it knows this food has this much nutrition that I can draw out of it, and then this much waste that your body gets rid of or whatever. So it's the same thing like with medication. So yeah,
0: yeah, that that's true. But Gosh, I bet that was, that was scary.
1: Yeah, it was, it was really scary. I was in the hospital for four days. They were, and the first two and a half days, I had no idea when it was, where I was. I mean, I don't remember most of it. My husband told me, you know, I didn't know what year it was, anything. And um, they had neuro come and check me because they didn't know if I had fallen and hit my head or something, but it was all just an extreme low um, T3, T4 levels. And they gave me IV IV, um, thyroid medication and then sent me home on a different formulation of the thyroid medication for, and I took that for a couple of years and then was able to go back to my normal thyroid medication. But I'm on about double the dose of what the average person would be on at my weight just because my
0: body doesn't process it well. But you found that with the fasting, it does help the processing.
1: Yes. I mean, without fasting, I think, I don't know. I think I would have to be, you know, there was my endocrinologist said that there's a guy that he knows and he said he thought that I might be the same that has to have injections and infusions or whatever. I've never
0: heard of that. Yeah.
1: This guy has to go like two or three times a week for infusions of his thyroid medication because his body will not absorb any kind of pill so because there's you know there's the regular tablet tablet formulation and then there's these like liquid gel where I guess they're supposed to be a little bit more absorbable or whatever and um and he said yeah they tried all these different things and that's the only thing that works for this guy and he said he thought that's where I was headed and so he had actually originally the first time I saw him which was three or four years ago it was right after maybe five years ago right after I got out of the hospital he said, well, you need to go completely gluten-free because the gluten is leaving scarring in your intestines, even though you don't have celiac, and that is um, hindering your absorption of the thyroid medication, and I tried that, and, you know, it was really hard, and then around that time, you know, I was just doing trying to do all these different things, and I was still, you know, not at an ad- ideal level, and ever since I've found... The fasting, even though my thyroid levels were not optimal or, you know, corrected properly until August, they were a lot closer ever since I found fasting than they were previously. And I think it's but just...
0: you're not gluten-free now? No. Mm-mm,
1: no. I think it's just because I my body has the full eight hours before and eight hours after to process the, the medication.
0: Okay. I've, I've heard a lot of people who are Hashimoto's... That have tried gluten free. Some people swear by it.
1: Yeah, I didn't notice a huge difference. I did it okay. for six months. And it didn't make a difference in my my absorption, and I found it to be really difficult.
0: It and is difficult. Yeah, yeah. I experimented with it myself, and it was back in my diet days yeah. when you know I was searching for any magical diet. Mm-hmm. I think I read Wheat Belly. Did you ever read Wheat Belly?
1: I think, I, I don't know if I've read it, but I think I've watched videos and different things maybe. Well, the that whole premise similar. is
0: that everybody has a problem with wheat and gluten. That's the premise of the book. And, you know, oh, I don't wow. believe, I don't believe that now that yeah. there's one size fits all way to eat. And no. so, but I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. I've tried everything else. I'm going to give up gluten now. <laughs> I did that.
1: So I was Catholic. I'm, or I'm Catholic. And so that was my Lent thing was I gave up gluten and then I just continued it through until that summer. So I started like in February or something. And I think it was August. Usually I go to my endocrinologist in February and August. So I went back in August and I was all excited thinking, okay, you know, I mean I'd lost about 10 pounds maybe. And you know, I didn't I mean I wasn't really concentrating hard on dieting, but it was like, oh I lost 10 pounds without even trying. I mean, I was trying because I was not eating gluten and that's takes effort. But I Remember, you know, him taking the the blood levels and he's like, are you sure your gluten's not sneaking into your diet and this, that, and the other thing? And I'm like, oh, this is so hard and it's not even making a difference for me. Yeah, I actually put on
0: some weight. I did it for a couple weeks. And it was all, it was the holidays. I mean, it was crazy yeah. that I was even trying. Because I remember I went to my work Christmas party. And I'm like, I'm gluten-free. Oh. <laughs> and and the, they were able to serve me something. But I was, I really, when I tried something, I really, really tried it. And, you know, when I saw that my weight went up, I was like, never mind. And then, I, you know. Back to a gluten doesn't bother my body, so and and, you know there's there were so many substitutes. I'm sure there's a healthier way to be gluten free than I was. It was probably 2012 or something like that.
1: Right? I mean, I'm sure there was healthier for me to. I mean, I was buying uh, all the. You know the funniest thing is that you know they say you think you're gluten free, so you're eating so healthy, but you're eating things that are just as processed. Oh, you know? more
0: processed, right? Even, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, so I think a healthy gluten free, like real food, would probably mm-hmm. not not yeah. have been a problem. But probably, I was like, oh look, yeah. gluten free rice pasta, yeah. gluten free, you know.
1: Yeah, I was doing all but that too. That Frozen was back in the day. And the, yeah. yeah, I mean, when it's I like, was,
0: yeah, yeah. I've used Prep Dish, which is a company that has like gluten-free meal plans that you 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 shop. They sponsored intermittent fasting podcast. But, yeah, you know, it's just real food. So I think that if I tried yeah. to do it again, I would do that. But yeah. I don't need to be I mean, gluten-free.
1: You know, I feel better on less processed foods in general. So, but if I want a piece of bread, like I just want to have a regular piece of bread. I'm not going to sit there and eat a whole loaf of bread. I don't need to have bread every single day. I don't need to have a big plate of pasta every single day. But if I'm going to have something and it's something that I'm craving, I don't want like the watered down version of it. I
0: want a real substitute with
1: real butter and, you know, something really high quality and
0: delicious. So that's what I've realized, too. Instead of a substitute for something, I would rather have the real thing or literally nothing.
1: Yeah, me too. And that's so funny with the fasting, too. I've You know, I used to do that whole thing where... You stand in front of the pantry and what you want is not there. So you try to find something. Okay, well, I want a chocolate. We don't have chocolate, but but I have s- maple syrup so I can warm up some microwave pancakes and eat those and maybe that'll get rid of the craving. Oh, that doesn't get rid of the craving. Let's see if peanut butter will do it. Oh, and next thing you know, you've eaten 1,000 or 1,500 calories of just like crap because you're trying to find that thing. Now it's like, oh, we don't have what I want. Close the cabinet. I'll eat it tomorrow.
0: You know? Exactly. That's not huge.
1: Yeah, I am. <laughs> I mean, I'll take a bite of something and my husband's like, I've never I just I can't remember you ever being so picky. And I'm like, Well, if this if it's not good enough, I'm not gonna waste my OMAD, Like, I'll find something else in the fridge or whatever. You know, I'll make myself bacon and eggs or something. I'm just not going to sit here and eat this to eat it because it's in front of me if it if it doesn't taste good to me,
0: you know? Absolutely. Such a powerful feeling. It
1: is. And coming from the whole clean plate club, you know, I mean, there are videos. My grandfather, God, God rest his soul, when he was alive, he used to love to take videos of our family. And there are videos of me sitting at the dinner table at, like, 9 o'clock at night when I was a kid because I wouldn't eat And my mom would just make me sit there and I'd be like picking at, look at my peas and look at that. I mean, there's, there's videos of this and it's just so powerful to be like, nope, I'm done. And it's okay that I don't have to finish every bite on my plate. And I also don't make my kids. I never have. I've never been a, like chase my kids around and force them to take a bite of the sandwich or you've got to eat three more pieces of broccoli, you know. I mean, I just, you know, my kids are teenage or, you know, my son's in college, my daughter's a junior in high school. I don't make them eat breakfast, you know, never really have been like a food pusher because I was so pushed to eat. You know, I was very, very slim as a child. And I think my mom was always afraid that I was, you know, undernourished or whatever. And I had energy and was fine. And so I just was like, you know, my daughter is very, very thin. And I just am like, whatever, you know, when she eats, I mean, when she does eat and decides that she's hungry, she eats like a ton of food, but you know, I'm not going to chase my kids around and make them, them eat and finish their
0: plates. I think that is the 100% best way to parent with, with the food and letting them dictate when they're hungry and when they're not. And, you know, just every time you say to a child, just one more bite, have one more bite. I mean, that we should never, never say that. I'm going to try to remember that one day when, when my, my kids have kids and I'm a grandmother. I'm going to remember not to ever say, have one more bite. Yeah I, yeah. I just imagine it just slipping
1: out. I know. I mean, it. my mom's whole side of the family is Italian. So like food is like a thing, you know, it's like, that's how you show love. I mean, I even, that's my joke. Every time somebody comes in the house, I try to feed them. I'm like, oh, you know, Carson is my daughter. Oh, Carson's friend. Let me make you something. Are you hungry? You know, so I'm not like, but I'm not going to sit there and push, but you know, so But it was a thing with my grandmother and my mom to just be like, oh, you need to eat, you need to eat, you look thin, you need to eat, you need, you know. And I just decided no, because I have such a messed up relationship with food and, like, guilt if I don't eat and I don't finish it. And, you know, oh, I should be eating this or whatever. And I'm like, I am not going to pass on any of that neurosis to my children, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. That's that's the way to do it. All right, so... You've been losing weight now since you, you stopped this the um, steroids in May, but then you had the, the hysterectomy. So did that kind of bring things to a stop after the 27 pounds down?
1: And I, I've lost probably another two or three pounds, maybe five since then. I kind of jump up the same couple of pounds, but that's just really been since the hysterectomy. And I'm really not concerned about it. I mean, I kind of joke that if it takes me the rest of my life to lose the other 50 pounds or so that I want to lose, that's fine. Uh, you know, I'm just going to eat this way because I'm comfortable with it. My, I'm healthy. Obviously, my, my um, all my markers of health are in going in the right direction if they're not already, you know, healthy. I think, you know, expecting my body to heal from major surgery, plus I've had infections pretty much the entire time since I have had my surgery. So I've been on three rounds of antibiotics. So I think if if I'm sitting here trying to expect myself to lose weight, you know, during this, that's just insane. I mean, and my, that's just been four weeks, right? Exactly. Yeah. So after I lost the 27 pounds, you know, I kind of hit like a mini sort of, I know it's not really a true plateau because it hasn't been long enough, but for about four weeks after that, I really, I had lost about, like I said, another couple pounds. I think I'm at 37 or 38 total pounds lost, but I didn't really expect to lose a lot sort of the last half of of August and the first half of September just because I had lost so much you know the month before. I knew that my body had other work to do and I but it's so funny because even without the pounds on the scale having come off, I've gotten smaller even since then. I mean, I think I'm just building muscle mass, uh, you know, uh, this was prehysterectomy but you know, my clothes, I bought a bunch of new clothes because, you know, you, at that point I had lost about 35 pounds total and nothing fit. So, and now they are big. I mean, even they're even big now, other than like the stomach area where I'm swollen, but you know, I'm wearing this dress today that I bought that fit me perfectly. And the underarms are huge, but you know, it's like, I'm not going to buy another batch of clothes until I lose another, probably 20 pounds or 25 pounds, just because plus it's, You know, I'm not going to buy summer clothes right now, but.
0: Oh, yeah, I would wait. You don't want to. And by the way, that is a, is that a beautiful Clemson orange that you're wearing? I identified it. solid orange Friday, baby. We got (laughs) a game tomorrow. I can see Jess over, over the computer. Y'all can't see her, but you know, I don't know. Have I ever talked about my Clemson tiger family history? No, I need to know Mm. about this. (laughs) My granddaddy played football for Clemson. Oh, so you're a tiger. Well, I am. I'm a Tiger, but then I went to Wake Forest, so I'm a Demon Deacon.
1: Yeah, but that's Wake Forest is more about basketball, so that's okay. Well, that's okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I already identified that you were, are wearing your Tiger Paw earrings, I and am. I saw the Clemson orange shirt, and if I'm not mistaken, you have on a Clemson class ring.
1: I do, I and saw it on your I hand. have yep. the championship I saw that poster too. with the Renfro catch uh, back behind me, because so my husband and I are both Clemson grads and then our son is a freshman at Clemson. So awesome. it's like Clemson all over. But I always well, wear so I always wear orange on Fridays before football games.
0: Yeah. Well, who are y'all playing tomorrow? That's how I'm out of out of touch. Gosh, I think we're playing Syracuse. Okay. So there'll be a lot of orange there. Yeah. <laughs> So, sometimes I'll,
1: probably tomorrow I'll wear purple to
0: differentiate. Okay. You know? Well, anyway, I just, I had to mention, because I could see the dress, you were talking about the dress, and it was Clemson orange, and so I just had to say something, yeah, go Tigers. I, yes. Yeah. Although I did, my brother is a huge Clemson fan, he actually works for Clemson, but I taught his little girls when they were toddlers, I taught them to say, go Deeks. Oh. And they didn't know why they were saying it, but I was like, all right, say, go Deeks. And your but, brother's probably like, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he knew that every time Wake Forest and Clemson play, Wake Forest loses. So, you know, it's not really that much of a rival. I ne- <laughs> to be a I mean, we
1: really don't have much of a rivalry even with our rival currently with South Carolina just because, you know, it's, we're just on a kind of a different level now that we've been in the top five for so
0: many years. So, well, that's awesome. Well, anyway, my granddaddy is probably smiling down from heaven. Well, good. Yeah. Always has loved Clemson. That's awesome. Yeah. So your clothes are just too big and you're just going to have to make it through the winter. I know. Well, I don't even
1: know. I haven't even tried on winter stuff yet because, you know, like you said, it's 80 degrees. I think next week it's going to be like 86 one of the days or something. Wow. So I don't even know what fits from last year. You know, now I'm in that weird space after my hysterectomy where my pants really won't button, but it's just because my stomach's just still so swollen from surgery. So I haven't gone through and really tried on um, any winter clothes, but I have a feeling I'm going to have to do something about that because last winter I was 35. Well, probably more like 28, 29, maybe
0: 30 pounds heavier than I am now. So
1: definitely going to need to do something about that.
0: Yeah. Winter is an easier season for me for, cause, um, leggings.
1: Yes. That's what I was about to say. I think the leggings still fit. Some of them look better. I have, I do have, this is kind of funny talking about Clemson, but I've got these purple leggings with white and orange tiger paws on them. And I would always try to wear them before. And they would like roll down at the stomach because they were too small, but I'm like, they are stretchy and they fit fine. You know? And I I was obviously, obviously wearing something to cover like my, my booty, but Now they pull all the way up, and they lay flat on my stomach, and I'm like, oh, this is really how they were supposed to fit. Mm. Makes sense.
0: Yeah, well, men do not understand the the feeling of leggings and tights and pantyhose that are too small and rolling down, rolling rolling down,
1: down. (laughs) Oh, and you're trying to like hike them up, and you look ridiculous all day, yeah, you're pulling them up,
0: yeah, that brought back a lot of memories when I had to wear tights, like when it was cold, and I was wearing a dress to work, and I held on the tights, and they would roll down all day here's a little fun tip for people wearing tights this is maybe i shouldn't say it it might be embarrassing i would wear my underwear on the outside of the tights
1: really i see that is revolutionary. like suspenders that I is I would revolutionary put, put
0: the tights on first and then put the underwear on top and it like held them in place i'm that okay now people know more about me than <laughs> they <needed to> know. <laughs> but it kept the tights on there you go and it kept them from having that droopy you know yeah Hey,
1: anything you can do to keep the tights up and not have to be like walking around I'm in mean, like store windows yanking
0: the tights up at the belly like going, "I hope nobody's watching," you know. Well, now people have a new stretch. There we go. <laughs> I might be the only weirdo who's ever done that, but
1: Well, they you know they worked. have that sort of like liner in the crotch area that I think suggests that you can wear them without underwear. So that sort of makes sense. Right. Well, wear the underwear yeah.
0: on top like suspenders. Okay. That well, not like I suspenders, I but to... you know what I mean. <laughs>
1: yeah, hold you in. Hopefully I won't have to do that this this year because I think I'll probably try to just keep, you know, wearing the stuff that was I was squeezing into last winter. I think that stuff will fit. But, yeah, just in case I have the roll-down issue, I know that that's the... and it, Well, when they're too big, that happens, too. Well, there we go. Gin approved tip. See, you there are you so
0: wise. And I've it's... got a lot of tips. You do. <laughs> I'm hoping... That's why I'm... I'm so excited about the new podcast, Life Lessons. Have you heard? Are you in that group? Have you seen it? You need to join our new community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Okay. Sherry Bullock, who was, I believe, episode eight of Intermittent Fasting Stories. She and I are starting a new podcast. It will already be out by the time your episode comes out. It's coming out the first of December.
1: Okay. Yeah. We're actually
0: recording episode two Today, right after I talk to you, well, she and i record it, but it's not about intermittent fasting.
1: Okay. Well, I like any kind of tips, and I'm a big, you know, proponent of that kind of stuff. So I'm excited. Good. That's great. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. I'm really excited because I love intermittent fasting, but sometimes I like to talk about other things.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like Clemson and underwear on the top of your tights. There we go. <laughs> Pearls of Winston from Jen. There you go. <laughs> So, so you're feeling good and you really feel like you're on the right track with your healing.
1: I do. And, you know, and like I said, I mean, you know, I expect to, you know, probably still slowly lose the weight, but I expect that I will get to my goal. I don't really care when it is. The time's going to pass anyway you know, I feel good. I'm comfortable in my skin. I mean, that's a huge thing too. I mean, I get that I'm overweight. Sometimes I'll see a picture and I'm like, Ugh, you know, but at the same time, I feel so much more in control of my life. So I think that makes me put like how I look sometimes into perspective of, you know, I'm, I'm a work in progress and that's okay. I love
0: that mind shift. Yeah. Huge.
1: And I mean, also, even though, like I said, I've only lost whatever, you know, 38 pounds, 37, 38 pounds, it looks like so much more. I mean, most people that see me are like, how much weight have you lost? You know, I tell them, they're like, you look like you lost 50 or 60 pounds, you know, just because I'm, I feel like everything's smaller and tighter. I noticed that like my skin texture is so much more youthful. I mean, I started getting carded again sometimes, which I'm like, I'm 42. That's great. You know? So, you know, my husband laughs at it every time because I'm like, thank you. I freak out. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. And he's like, oh, you know, he just thinks it's hilarious. But <laughs> now, does he do intermittent fasting at all? He doesn't. He has thought about doing it. He's very tall. And so we're tall people. I'm 5'10. He's 6'3. My kids are both 5'9 and six, one or whatever. So we're, we're a tall family. He's tall and very thin. And he's always had sort of low blood sugar crash, crash issues. And I'm like, this would help with that actually, Probably, would, you know, but he just does not, he's like, I just can't imagine. I have to eat all the time or I feel shaky or I feel this. And I'm like, give it a couple of days or a couple of weeks, you know, just for the health benefits. And I'm like, you know, he's like, well, I'm already thin. And he is, I mean, he doesn't need to lose any weight. He's very, you know, athletic build, but I so said, you don't have to do it in such a way that makes you lose weight either, but it's just so healthy for your brain and for your heart and for the, you know, growth of your, even muscles or anything for human growth hormone, you know, all these things as we're aging, you know, because he to say, you're looking younger than me. And, you know, well, you know, I'm not going to, you're going to be all, you know, not that he looks old, but you know, he's, he looks at my skin and he's like, I'm using the same products because he's like one of those Metro, you know, he uses all the like good skincare that oh, I yeah, use kind of guy. So he's like, why are you have less wrinkles than I do? And I'm like, it's the fasting. It's the fasting, man. I, you know, it's all that great human growth hormone and the other stuff that's going on that's making me all my wrinkles go away, you know, so. It's true. Yeah. So I'm trying (laughs) to get him on board, but he's still not, not on board, but he's super supportive. I mean, he's just like, you know, oh, your window's not open, whatever, you know, we'll just... We'll go to dinner instead of lunch. Or when can you open your window? And we'll, you know, so he's great about it.
0: That's good. It really is important to have the people in your lives supporting you. I always feel so terrible when someone talks about their spouse not being supportive.
1: Yeah, that's. I can't imagine. My husband's great. I mean, even through all my health challenges... You know, I'm on various Facebook pages with fibromyalgia groups, and they talk about their husband calling them lazy and telling them you just don't want to go to work. And I'm just like, gosh, I just – it breaks my heart because my husband – I mean, he does two and a half times the work that I do around the house because he knows that, you know, it makes my life easier and helps with my pain and stuff if I'm not bending down and doing all this crazy stuff. And I'm always telling him, gosh, you just make my life so so much easier. And, you know, candy and flowers is great. But for somebody to do things because they know it makes your life easier, that's romance to me.
0: You know? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, not only being supportive like that, but not saying you shouldn't do this. This is unhealthy. This is bad. Yeah. They could really, you know, wear you down with that. I think it would be really hard to have to defend the lifestyle.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, because, you know, he knows I mean he sees me. He knows that I'm overweight, whatever. And I, I could see him maybe being like, well that's not really working. So maybe you should try the next thing, you know. But he has not been I mean, first of all, he's just so amazing about, you know, telling me how much he loves me and how beautiful he thinks I am no matter what size I am. And it's just a great Level of encouragement, but also, you know, he's just like, well, if this is what your doctors are supporting and there's science behind it, and you think this is healthy for you, as long as you, know he's like, my main thing is I just want to have you around for as long as possible. I don't really care how that happens. I just want you to be healthy so that you don't die and I have to be without you, you know, for a long, a long period of time. Other than that, I don't care. So, yeah,
0: I love that. What a sweetie. What's his name?
1: Josh. Josh, I like you a lot, Josh. He's the best. He really is. He's the cutest thing, and he's so great. He's such a great dad, such a great partner. So, yeah. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at bite.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door.
0: Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's wonderful. You know, that that's the kind of support money can't buy right it there. It really
1: is. And I mean, I'm a very confident woman, overweight, not overweight. And I mean, you know, I think obviously that comes from within, but also part of it is having somebody that just really loves me unconditionally like that. Like even at my biggest you know, I would look in the mirror and be like, I look great today. You know, I mean, sometimes if somebody would snag a picture from an angle that I didn't like, I'd be like, maybe not as great as I thought. But, you know, I was I was wearing a two piece bathing suit. I mean, not like a tiny bikini, but a high waisted. I, I was like, right, you know, it's my fat girl bikini. And I'm just like, whatever. I don't care. Hey, look,
0: I love a high waisted. Yeah, two piece. That's what I wear. Yeah. And because I still have, you know, I had two kids. And- yeah. And that, that high-waisted bathing suit just holds it all right. It does. And I'm just like, <laughs> people can see what size I
1: am, whether I'm in a muumuu or whether I'm in like a cute bathing suit. I Absolutely. might as well be in something that makes me happy that I put on and I'm like, wow, this is cute, you know? And I, I do that. I mean, I wear these little cute bathing suits that I get and, um, you know, I wear the little dresses. I had this little crop top outfit with like a high-waisted skirt and a little black crop top where you could see like a sliver of my stomach and you know everybody's like you look great and i'm just like you know part of
0: it is just how you walk into a room i agree and your confidence you know i've got a sign on the wall of my beach condo it says how to get a beach body in two easy steps number one or no how to get a bikini body put on a bikini yeah (laughs) have a body yeah yeah
1: yeah it's true though i mean it's like You know, sometimes when you wear these big tenty things, it makes you look bigger, but the worst thing is it makes you feel like, you know, I don't want to be put in this corner where I have to look like I'm, you know, 85 years old and frumpy and wearing like a muumuu just because I'm above some sort of standard, arbitrary standard of weight that somebody has set, you know, for me or whatever, you know, I'm not going to do that, so... I want to be slimmer because I want to be...
0: We deserve to wear clothes that we feel beautiful in. Yeah. No matter what our size.
1: Exactly. I mean, I've always had sort of body image issues, even when I've been thinner. I think all women have those to a degree. But the thing that I put into perspective for myself at an early age is I am so much more than the body that I walk around in or the face that I have to the world. You know, there is so much more that I have to offer that has nothing to do with that. And so that's where my confidence comes from. It's, you know, that I'm smart and that I'm strong. I'm a good mom, I'm, you know, whatever. I'm you know, and I, I like to fix my hair. I like to wear cute clothes. I like to do makeup. And, you know, I walk out with my head held high and, you know, I'm not going to- you go to your vice president job. Yeah. And, and I'm just, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just not going to let- weight or anything really stop me from feeling like I deserve all the good things in life, you know?
0: So you're living your best life now, not when you get to a goal or when you're at a different place. You're living your best life every single day.
1: That's the truth. And I know, you know, this is probably preemptive, but that's going to be sort of when you ask like what my advice is for people that sort of goes in that vein of like, you know, everybody waits, I'm going to wait until, you know, I get to this weight or until I make this amount of money or until, you know, I reach this goal or whatever to like really enjoy myself. It's like life is happening now while you're putting that stuff there. Like the goals are not as important as the journey. It's great to have goals, but if you forget about the journey that
0: to get there and you
1: don't enjoy that journey, then the goal really means nothing.
0: That's exactly right. And I think that's one thing that 2020 has taught us, right? Yeah. That we just have no idea. I mean, I remember back in January, I was recording an episode of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast with Melanie Avalon, and my niece had to come back from China uh. because of, of the you know of the coronavirus. And I was like, yeah, my niece just had to come back from China because of the coronavirus. And Melanie said, what's that? Uh. She had not heard the news, you know, because I guess I hadn't really – we weren't talking about it yet. But – think about how much has changed you know I was out shopping uh you know buying some things for the for the beach condo and everywhere I go they're like masks for sale and yeah. holiday masks that look like Santa's face and I'm like look you know but we're all just accessorizing differently yeah but the thing is that you just never know this year has been it's taught us to reprioritize right
1: yeah it really. It really has. I mean, it's the whole, like, eat off the good china, wear the special dress, you know. I mean, even before corona, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. I think that's the thing people forget in their everyday. Not that I'm perfect at remembering that, but, you know, I try to remember that as much as possible because, you know, obviously I'm Catholic. I believe that there's something after this life where I'll get to reflect on my life. And, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to reflect, you know, this, I'm not going to be thinking, oh, you know, I didn't get to that goal or I didn't make that dollar or I didn't lose that weight. I'm going to think, gosh, man, I wasted this time not with a huge smile plastered across my face because I was so worried about the next thing and the next thing, and that's just exactly you know that's just not. And the I think land. we've
0: all had to slow down and learn what's important, and that's family and being with the people you love. And you know, because we we can't take it for granted. Because you know, I haven't seen my son Cal. He's in San Francisco. I haven't seen him the whole year. You know, and, and I, I know the holidays haven't happened yet, but I already have a hunch my mother's not going to come down to visit this year. And it's just a different kind of thing. It is. You love that family and and cherish the time with them. And I mean, it was because we had no warning of not being able
1: to see. I mean, I haven't seen my niece and nephew who are in Myrtle Beach. I haven't been up there since March, I think, a February maybe.
0: And you're not far away from them.
1: No, but it was just everybody was so scared. And I was still we were still working because we had a. we never really had to shut down work here in Mount Pleasant. We had like non-essential businesses. And, you know, but but we were not all working, but we closed for a while, but we had people in and out and I was around people. So I didn't dare. And my mom lives up there right around the corner from my sister and she's, you know, 68 or whatever. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that she was protected too. So I haven't been up there to visit and it's like, we didn't get any warning. And so, you know, I, I, I'm thinking back, did I pack every second of fun and every smile into that last time I saw them? Because I don't know when the next time I'm going to probably try to go up in early November, I'm going to get a test right before I go and then go cuz I'm just about to die to see them and my mom but still it's like you know we we got no warning just like with you and your mom or you and your son it's like did i spend my whole trip last time i saw this loved one worrying about this that or the other thing or did i you know, it was kind of my whole thing with my... Because I'm, I'm not the best housekeeper. I, like I said, I have ADHD and I have fibromyalgia and all these things. And I'm like, the kids are not going to remember if the floor was dirty. They're going to remember like the costumes that we made and the oh, painting yeah. that we did and the fact that I let them have glitter in the house. And, you know, I wasn't chasing them around with a vacuum, vacuuming up They're crumbs. not going to remember
0: if mom's in her goal pants.
1: No, they're not. And <laughs> no. They're, but they're going to they're gonna remember why isn't mom in these pictures? Why, you know, why wasn't mom feeling comfortable to go, you know, run? run around the beach with us because she felt like she needed to sit in the chair the whole time. You know, it all goes back to the weight loss thing too. It's like, you know, I mean, if you start looking at how little time we have, like with our kids or they even, there was some graphic that I saw, I don't even remember where it tells you, like as an adult, how many times you'll see your siblings, average, and how many times you'll see your parents in your life if you live like a certain number of hours away, and it ha- its like a sliding scale. It is scary if you look at this. I-, I need to find this thing and post it. But
0: like once you're an adult, how yeah, little you'll see them. How little wow. you'll
1: see them, and it's like it was like a ridiculous number of times that was not acceptable to me. And granted, I live right around the corner from my dad my other sister lives in New York City. So I don't get to see her often. But my other sister, my sister, and my mom, my youngest sister, and my mom live in Myrtle Beach. And so I get to see them more often. But still, it was like, there is a finite number of times that we are going to get to spend. And even once your kids are adults, there's a finite number of of times you'll get to see them once they have their own lives, you want to make the most of every single time.
0: You know, exactly. That's important advice, you know, as we're turning the the corner into 2021 as this airs. I want people to remember that, you know, as the, as, as we can travel again, as we can see family again, yeah, remember that it's, it's just so important to, to take the time to do it. I just remember last year around the holidays, Cal and his wife couldn't come to travel to see us. And so we're like, We looked into plane tickets just to go out there and see them. But it was really, really pricey because it was last minute and it was right around New Year's and and Chad had to go back to work. And I'm like, well, we'll wait till spring. It'll be cheaper to travel. We'll wait till spring. And then this all happened. And I'm like, if I could rewind and go back in time, I would buy the expensive plane tickets and go anyway. And I I just, you know, I'm kicking myself now. I mean, we could have afforded it. We could fly there. But it was like, you know, going to be... It was a lot because it was near the last minute. Anyway, the the choices that we make.
1: And it dovetails into the food thing. It's like half the cake, half the real pasta. You know, yes, I want to be at goal just like anybody else. I want to put on a size, you know, 10 pants or whatever. That's my goal size. That's my, you know, I have the pants from the last time I was a size 10. Sure. But I don't want to look back on this period of my life getting there and say gosh i was pretty miserable getting there because you know what if god forbid i die before then i don't want to have you know lived my life this life of of you know sacrifice and not enjoy myself for what for a pair of pants i mean exactly it's insane
0: yeah well i think that's really good wisdom well good <laughs> so do you do you share intermittent fasting with people in your daily life i do everybody knows that's what i do
1: you know, I have people look at me like I'm insane. I have not had sort of some of the comments and things that I have seen others have. You know, the you're not healthy and then this, that, and the other thing. You know, I don't know. I, like I said, I'm a very confident person. I don't know if it's just the way I present. Like, this is what I'm doing. There's science behind it. I mean, I also have a biology degree. A lot of master's level hour work in zoology. So I think people know that I'm, that know me well, know that I have, you know, a a science background. So I guess maybe they don't question it as much. I mean, people look at me like, oh, I couldn't do that. And I'm like, you you know, but, but (laughs) but I don't have anybody like, oh, that's so unhealthy. I mean, they probably say it behind my back, but, you know, I don't get a lot of that shade to my face. That's good. And I do think confidence is key. It is.
0: The fact that you're confident, same with me, I'm very confident with it, so mm-hmm. I don't get people telling me not to do it either.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there are people, but I'm like, nope, this is what I'm doing, and they know that I'm start, you know, especially now that I'm really starting to show the weight loss, they're like, huh, you really look great. It's like, yeah, it's working, and, you know, and it's not just that you look smaller. I mean, it's kind of funny because my grandmother always used to say that when you got to a certain age that you had to choose, she would say. The, uh, the cuss word, but you'd have to choose whether you wanted to have a nice butt or a nice face. <laughs> because basically, <laughs> you, if you got too skinny, your skin would sag on your face. And so, you know, I don't think with intermittent fasting, you have to choose that. <laughs>
0: I mean, I don't think so, my face is sacking. It's right? not. Mm.
1: But it was always her little <laughs> pearl of wisdom, you know, that you always have to choose your or your face, you know. Yeah, so, love it. Once you we get can to fill in the age, blank with that. Yeah, so... So yeah, so I love you know. So it's not just that I'm smaller; it's that my skin is tighter. You know, it looks fresher. I look younger. I look healthier. You know, that kind of thing. So. That's
0: wonderful. Well, we are almost out of time, and I know you hinted at something already that you would like to say. But what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started?
1: I would say that patience is key. That is the huge thing. It's this is not meant to be a quick fix you know, I'm gonna lose 20 pounds in a month kind of lifestyle. Some people do, that's great, but just if it if you don't think that it's quote unquote not working, don't give it up. You know, there's other things going on with your body. Like you have said, the health plan with the side of weight loss, it's great. And also don't feel like if you're not losing at a rate that you're comfortable with, that you need to punish yourself by, you know, cutting out like you know, food groups like crazy or going on these crazy long fasts or, or, you know, just ease into it and trust your body, your body knows what to do. And eventually it's, it's gonna, you're going to turn that corner. The time's going to pass anyway. So you might as well do it in a way that you can be really healthy and enjoy your life.
0: Well, I love that. And I think that's the takeaway from this whole episode is enjoy your life, enjoy the journey and, and make the time to do the things you want to do. And don't say, oh, I can't, I'm trying to lose weight. Yeah, no, gosh, you'll never hear that come out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jess, thank you so much for talking to me today and I really enjoyed it. Thank you too. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. intermittent fasting stories is edited mixed and mastered by resonate recordings to learn more visit them at resonate or email them at hello at resonate recordings.com intermittent fasting stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast